Welcome back to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. I'm Jordan. I'm Taylor. We will be talking about the Hulu series Conversations with Friends, which is an adaptation of a very popular book by Sally Rooney, who also wrote Normal People. So should be fun to dissect. Um, but first we have TV news. I was very excited to see this piece of news that I didn't even think would ever be a thing. So I never even thought to wish it. Um, but I hate Susie is returning for a second season called I hate Susie Two. T O. Oh my gosh. I did not see this. I literally wow. saw it on like a random retweet from like a journalist I follow. But it was in like a deadline article. So very excited. Wow. That's amazing news. Also, I really like the I Hate Susie too. Yeah, isn't that cute? Yes. I love it. Well, I know you saw this. I don't know anyone who didn't see this. <laughs> but Kate McKinnon, A.D. Bryant, Kyle Mooney, and Pete Davidson all leaving SNL. And like, it's no warning. That's how they always do it. And it's I cr- feel so like there's crazy. always confusion on who is actually leaving. Like I saw a couple articles that like said of a couple different people and like on SNL, they like don't really like they kind of confirm it like, but you kind of have to be in the know to really catch it. And did you watch any of the SNL performances? Yeah, I saw some of the clips. I didn't like watch the full episode, but. I watched the full episode and Kate's like goodbye in the opening skit was really cute and sad. A.D. Bryant's was like also really funny and sad and good. Um, and but hers again, I think is kind of like if you didn't know, like from seeing it online before, you wouldn't have really caught on that it was her last one. Whoa. Um, Pete's was actually very interesting and kind of sad. Like he was like choked up and I like kind of felt for him, but also I was like, yeah, you're never on SNL anyway. So it's hard to really be that sad because we're not really losing anything. I was just going to say, like, I'm actually kind of shocked by that because he, I feel like for years he's kind of seemed like he was like, like, I feel like he would kind of be in nothing and then suddenly he'd, like, reappear, mm-hmm. you know? Like, so I feel like there's been those rumors for, about him for so long that Truly. he was going to leave. And he, like, brings that up in his goodbye, which is really funny. Hmm. Um, well, I'm glad to hear it because I probably won't be watching it. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kyle Mooney apparently had, like, a tender, like, goodbye uh, kind of skit that was supposed to air, but it got cut for time. So You're Kyle didn't get his me. time to shine, which was sad to me. That sounds about right, because I feel like a lot of his sketches get cut for time. Yeah. Like, that's really, that's a bummer. Especially because I, I feel like um, he's been so like under the radar SNL mm-hmm. for kind of a while now. But he's that like a it's staple. Like, well, that is really sad. Yes. Yeah. He like defined a lot of SNL for a long time. Totally. Dang. I'm happy. I'm happy for all of them, but they're really going to suffer. I feel like without, well, the whole cast, I think that the cast they have is really good, but it is just going to be like 
those are some big shoes to fill ad and kate specifically who like are in so many sketches mm-hmm. yeah it'll but be i'm really happy for all of them okay i have this piece of news that i'm still like is this real or is this not real but apparently this what this says is that there's a new horror thriller that follows a woman who's convinced she is turning into a dog and it's going to be on hulu and it's starring amy adams and is titled night bitch (laughs) okay i saw this and i was confused because there was a sundance movie a few years ago that jason ritter was in called bitch about a woman who turns into a dog i literally just saw someone reply to this tweet and said but there's already a movie with the same plot interesting so that, that is weird and the only way i would know is obviously because that was one of the years at sundance i was like okay i've got to find jason ritter he's here <laughs> never found him but i did know about this movie he did <laughs> but um like the Amy Adams of it all is very, <laughs> very interesting. Mm-hmm. And just the title "Night Bitch" is making me LOL. Yes, but that was that's even so close to the other movie title. It's I, true. It's so, I wonder if like they, that other creator of that other movie, if she could like. Maybe if she like kind of sold some of the rights or something. Like I hope that there's a legitimacy there because that is like. It's so similar, and people get sued for far less. <laughs> it's true, but I haven't I haven't done any research of it. But I saw that too, and I was shook for so many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> this news, this is following up on previous news. I know we talked about because we're your primary source of Yellowstone news <laughs> here at Girl Meets Show, a show we've never done an episode on, but we probably should one day. <laughs> One day it'll be um, like Ozark when it finally ends. You can watch yeah. all the seasons and catch up. There you go. Is it on Paramount Plus? Is that true? Don't even ask. It's so confusing. But yes, because now it is. I, I'm a Paramount Plus head now, and I know. So all these, all their like spinoffs are on Paramount Plus, but I don't know about like the OG yes. season. I don't know if it started there, but yes, I believe you can watch it there, and it is housed there. Okay. Good. Um, but this is the second of the prequel spinoffs now for Yellowstone. This one is called 1932. And I'm just, I'm shocked because the stars of it will be Helen Mirren and Harrison Ford. And like, I don't know. It's just like, wow, TV really is everything now because those are two like movie people. Very big Big movie people. A-list movie people and now they're going to be on a Paramount Plus original series and that is just like wow to me so the times they are changing get with the future truly welcome to the 90s (laughs) I'm trying to remember what the other prequel is called oh 1883 okay Mm -hmm. well I see ads for that every time I'm on Paramount Plus that's the one that's the one that has Faith Hill and Tim McGraw so I, you know, I mean, another amazing power couple. But kind honest. of confusing that like they're like Yellowstone, and then they're like, oh, we're gonna have these prequels, and all the prequels are just gonna be named a year. Mm-hmm. That's confusing. And they can't call Yellowstone like 
2020 like what year did it start like 2018 or something that would be the worst title ever a lot of years so (laughs) i wonder if these are supposed to be kind of contained then if they're the yeah maybe years i love to just like guess things about a show i don't know anything about (laughs) but i feel like that would kind of make sense if like these these huge casts like sign on kind of for a almost like a mini series vibe like limited kind of yeah that would make sense who knows um and yeah they are limited to that year (laughs) yeah (laughs) Hmm. but yeah i was very very surprised by that casting yeah i was shocked I have to just read this caption verbatim because it's so funny to me, but it says the cast of Riverdale will finally be set free because the show is officially (laughs) coming to an end. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so funny. I'm happy for them. (laughs) I'm happy for them too. Cause it's kind of when they're just trapped, it's like hard for anyone to forget, like for, to think of them in any other roles, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I saw a different headline somewhere that was like the CW just killed its favorite child or something. <laughs> uh, That's funny. Um, I did have that they dropped the first trailer for She-Hulk, but I didn't watch it. And I was assuming that you would bring it up and that you would have watched it. Oh, yeah. I I um I did watch it. I didn't save it, though, on my list. I just feel kind of weird about it. Okay. Um, I've only seen like the s- screen grabs from it and she looks kind of weird that I'm like, I don't know if I could take this seriously. That's kind of where I'm at. I feel like, um, I guess I also have to adjust my expectations maybe because like, is it supposed to be like kind of more comedy, mm-hmm. like weird offbeat comedy vibes? Of a Marvel show? Because even the title, did you see the full title? It's She-Hulk Attorney at Law. <laughs> and like, even, even that, I was like, whoa, I think I've been imagining this show about a character I know nothing about, <laughs> but I've been imagining it way differently. Like, kind of more like other Marvel shows that are, like, serious. I can't stop laughing. I'm sorry, but that title is no, hilarious. I know. That's what I'm saying. It reminds me of... Pete Davidson's tattoo for Kim Kardashian where it says my girl's a lawyer <laughs> oh my, my god Hulk attorney at law <laughs> attorney at law yeah and and like parts of the trailer especially like before the from the trailer it's like she's actually Mark Ruffalo Hulk like his cousin or something and, like, they kind of forced her to sign up for, like, um this scientific experiment where she, like, becomes She-Hulk. And, like, it, maybe it's for, like, PR things for the Avengers. or I don't, I don't know. I wasn't paying that close attention after that because I was kind of weirded out by the appearance of She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. And they show her, like, swiping through Tinder. That's just literally all in the trailer. And it was very confusing. And I just, I'm fully loyal always to Tatiana Maslany. Um... I just sometimes it's weird. It is sometimes weird seeing only one of her because on Orphan Black, I'm used to her playing like 10 different people. And so then when she shows up as like one person who's not a clone and also becomes a She-Hulk and is like carrying men across the threshold of her apartment, like her Tinder date, I was like, I don't know what I'm looking at. And I feel (laughs) weird about it. 
and yeah I guess I did need to get that off my chest but I don't I don't know I and but Mark Ruffalo is in the show too which is interesting yeah that is interesting I feel like there was maybe there were maybe other people in the cast that were like um interesting that I like could trust oh that's interesting Renee Elise Goldsberry from Hamilton and Girls 5 Eva is in it oh I mean I trust her I like her Jamila Jamil is in it that's odd <laughs> I don't know I just yeah I think I didn't save it because I I just straight up didn't know how to feel so thank you for letting me walk through those feelings you're welcome with you Anytime. and for describing the different screenshots of the trailer <laughs> to you <laughs> thank you all right there's our news um so for our top three this week we're each saying three books that we've read that were turned into tv adaptations or the other way around i guess i don't know jordan's list since conversations with friends was originally a book turned tv show so jordan what is your first one well the first one i thought of because it was so recent was station 11 yeah i feel like that was the first time we talked about like so someone on this podcast me or you had read the book and then compared it to the was able to compare it to the tv show yeah and it also it was it was like an obvious pick for me too because it was one of the first times that a book and its adaptation were like very very different and not just in like a couple changes and choices that they made it was like from the first moments of the show it was going to be really different from the book um but in a way, I kind of liked that because then it's like I literally couldn't just compare directly the whole time. Totally. I could have different things that I would like. Maybe I preferred this way in the book, but this way in the show. But I didn't have to just be kind of like distracted the whole time of like, oh, I wish they had. I wish this actor were playing this character or something like it was just like two different worlds. Mm hmm. Yeah, that, that is kind of nice because then you could just think of them as kind of like two separate things that just happen mm-hmm. to originate from the same idea. Yes, exactly. And the fact that they were both good helped as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's they were so different that I really couldn't directly be like, I liked this one a lot better than this one. Yeah. I liked them both almost the same amount, but they're just so different. Totally. I'm glad you brought that one up because I was hoping you would. I'm new to the reading game, so, like, the reason why I wanted to <laughs> even discuss this was because when I first started watching Conversations with Friends, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is, like, so exciting. This is, like, the first time I've ever read a book and then seen it adapted. And granted, I had, like, while I was thinking about that, I was like, oh, I forgot about, like, Hunger Games and, like, Twilight and all that because I did read those books and then watch the movies. But this just felt different, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I get it. So actually, two of mine are books I've read recently and are going to be TV shows that I'm excited about that haven't actually aired yet. Um, The first one being um, Everything I Know About Love by Dolly Alderton. Oh, that's cool. You love that book and everything you've shared from it is so good. I I haven't read it yet. Loved the book. I've read two of Dolly's books. I also really loved her book, Ghosts. They're just like exactly what a single 30-year-old girl needs to hear and read. 
And so I'm very excited for the TV show because I'm assuming it'll be the exact same vibe and just like about friendship and I just eat that stuff up. So it is going to be on BBC. So I'm like hoping that it also is dropped somewhere else eventually where I can watch it because the trailer actually dropped this week and the only person I recognized from it is um, Belle Powley. Which we know from the morning show. Oh, is she um, the one who is dating that older guy? Yes. Okay. I think I was for some reason on her IMDb page recently. That's literally the only way I know because otherwise wouldn't. But we she's barely in the show. So she's kind of an unknown still yeah. for sure. I think it'll be good. We'll see. But I'm intrigued and excited. Because that's a nonfiction book, right? Or is it like a novel? Um, yeah, everything I know about love is nonfiction. I always get those two mixed up. I'm again, I'm new to reading. So I always have to like think about that for a while. I'm like, nonfiction means real, which I think I've mentioned on this podcast before. Because I just get confused because like, nonfiction makes me think it should be like fake, but it actually means the opposite. Mm. Like when you hear the word fiction, you think that should mean real. real. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, my brain is backwards, but yeah where ghosts is a novel it's like just like you know those times when sometimes you look at a non digital clock what is that analog mm-hmm. and you're like what time is it again <laughs> like you have yeah. to like kind of manually in your head like think about it mm-hmm. i get it like how did you learn that and go back to that time in your life and then figure it out exactly um So that's just so interesting when that is going to be adapted because it's not like a novel where they're just like going to, okay, and it's, that's the script right here, you know, like, what are the characters going to be like? Is it going to be about the author's life? Like, it'll just be really interesting. I'm excited to see what it's like. Yeah, me too. The next one I wanted to talk about was Watchmen because that TV show, and I'm not talking about the movie, I'm talking about the show because it is. We don't talk about Watchmen in the movie. Well, it wasn't streaming first, so <laughs> not it's illegal for us to talk about here. It's not like an adaptation of the original graphic novel, but it is like a sequel to the graphic novel. And that is pretty interesting because I think like, um, I mean, the world of graphic novels is like, especially when it's like superhero based, mm-hmm. can be kind of like, People are very particular about how you adapt those things. Um, and it's different than like a comic book, but I think the fan, there's still like a, a pretty serious fandom of like potentially like incel MAGA boys, I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I feel like, I think it was like generally accepted as like really, really interesting and really good while still it's a whole new story, but there are characters and like references to the graphic novel and um, was like amazing. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's still kind of to me, like a, it's stems from a book, even though it's not like a literal adaptation of that book. And then it, it also made me think about, wow, like there's so many books that became TV shows like um, Big Little Lies and Game of Thrones and Handmaid's Tale that like started out true to the book, but then they expand past where the books go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's really interesting to me too. Yeah. Like I had forgotten about 
so many of those when I was like researching books that were made into a TV show. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that that was a book first. Yeah, me too. Even like, I mean, because now it seems like it's kind of trendy to do that, but it's like, it's been a thing for so long. Like Pretty Little Liars was a book series Mm -hmm. that I, I never read it, but like, it's just so, it's interesting that it's like, oh, it's not just movies. It's big on TV too, for mm-hmm. sure. Totally. Wait, so you read the graphic novel. Did you read that before or after watching Watchmen? I read it before. I read it, um, I read it a little while ago. Cool. I love that you read graphic novels. I'm, yeah, not ashamed of the, oh, I, no, have I don't think there's anything ten- to be ashamed of. Um, oh, no, no. It's like, Cool. I don't feel shame about it at all, but I feel like there's just like many like nerdy things about me that I, I forget aren't normal, (laughs) normal, normal in quotes. I don't think that's like, Oh, look at me. I'm such a nerd. Yeah. But there's just like, yeah, there's a lot about me. You don't know. My other book that I've read and is going to be a TV show that I'm excited about, I know that you've read it as well, The Vanishing Half, which I think we've talked about on the show, which I had forgotten about until I was doing research, that it's going to be a HBO limited series and like Issa mm. Rae's production company is the one doing it. So I knew it. I oh. forgot about it. And now I'm re-excited about it. I remember, I do remember us talking about that during like news a long time ago. I don't know if I knew that Issa Rae's company is doing it. That makes me even more excited. Yeah. I know. I can't I remember am really if that was new about... information or not. I think it's, it's new to me, but I don't, I don't remember. Cause I think we, I think they announced that a long time ago and who knows, who knows what's happened since then. <laughs> not me. <laughs> Ooh, that, I, I forgot how excited I am about that. That's going to be really good and interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. My last one that I have in my rankings is The Babysitter's Club yes. on Netflix. I'm so <gasps> glad you brought that one up. Very, I was like, I want to talk about this one because... First, it's like so different from all the other things on my list, which tend to be kind of more like serious and dark and I like adapting a book for kids that kids are reading so they can kind of get excited about it too and like Mm -hmm. be like oh I I want to see how those characters are portrayed or these little storylines and things and it also works because like I'm not like discussing that show with 13 year olds I'm discussing it with other adults that Mm -hmm. also love Babysitter's Club and like and like you enjoyed the show and you didn't I don't think you read the books when you were a kid Right? I did read the books. I read a few oh, of okay. them. For some reason, I... Oh, wow. I well, just have okay, a bad memory. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> That's so funny. But yeah, like, that was... That was probably a really fun experience for kids who... They don't... They just don't adapt um, book series for, like, preteen girls or, like, girls that are kids... Mm-hmm. into movies and shows and stuff that often i don't think no so. and it's like a really fun ex- um, experience to have your content like grow up with you yes and it would be fun um i bet it it would kind of be like a fun tool that there is a show even though it's sad it got canceled but like if you're trying to kind of like encourage your kids to read or something yeah it's like oh like let's read this and then we can watch the show together afterwards or something totally like, I know teachers who even do that in their, like, English classes. and 
school. It's so genius. I love it. All right, for my last one, I was going to do conversations with friends to start our intro, but I forgot that I also have um, something else to discuss because after I finished watching conversations with friends, I like watched it so fast. I <laughs> was like intrigued to compare normal people because I had watched that series and not read the book. And so I read the book after we're including audiobooks as reading, right? Oh, I yes. Okay, good. 100%. If someone were like reading you a book like as a bedtime story, that would still or like your teacher reading books to you in class, like yeah. you're still listening to the book. Yes. Okay, thank you. Just wanted to make sure that we were in oh. agreement. It really bothers me if people are anti if they don't count audiobooks. Like I agree. it's different, but you're still hearing the story. Mhm. And I could read it, but I could also listen to it at two times speed and ingest it way <laughs> faster. <laughs> yeah, it's actually funny because uh, I'm trying to get back into reading physical books just because it's, I physically, it's hard for me to sit and do one thing mm-hmm. at a time. Like audiobooks are the best thing when you're like, oh, it's practically listening to a podcast and uh, while I'm working. And like, I'm very in favor of that. But for me personally, I'm like, I need to try and get my attention span (laughs) back to where it once was when I was a kid. So I kind of like switching it up now to like force. It's like exercising. Yes, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Um, So anyway, I listened to Normal People this week and finished it. And like, I'm kind of on like a Sally Rooney... Um, I probably need a break for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would be, I think it's doable because I've already read her third book anyway. So Rooney head, I was interested to see how it compared and like listening to a book after I've already seen this show, um, was really interesting and it felt very true to the show. Like, I don't think I learned anything new in the book than I did in the show which I thought was interesting Hmm. I'm trying to remember if people I don't really remember a lot of criticisms from people who had read the book I think normal people was pretty beloved yeah I agree I don't remember there being that much criticism either and I'm sorry if I referenced TikTok too much on this episode that's just like my entire feed (laughs) right now and (sighs) I saw a TikTok where they were comparing normal people versus conversations with friends. And they were saying how it was interesting how people loved normal people so much, but it was, they think that it was because it came out at like the height of the pandemic. So people were just desperate for any sort of content. And Mm -hmm. now people are a little more critical of conversations with friends because we're not that desperate, which I thought was really interesting. That is interesting. Like, what if they'd come out in reverse? Mm-hmm. Um, well, first of all, Phoebe Bridgers probably wouldn't be in a relationship right now. <gasps> Sad. If, if that hadn't come out first. So we can't even think about it. So I don't want to be in that timeline. But I, I mean, I have critiques of conversations with friends, too. But I think that it, people are being unfair. I think that was good. Yeah. Spoiler alert that I think it was good. <laughs> but I did. I'm glad because I also thought it was good. I also have critiques and 
I also understand people who don't think it's good. Like I can see where they're coming from. I think that's just like a personal preference, which I guess everything is. So that was a dumb thing to say, but like, (laughs) no, I was going to, I was going to say that, um, Taylor told me that she had responses prepared for however way I felt about the show. Which well, I liked. Because <laughs> I totally understand the feeling of like, I watched the show literally in like two and a half days. And so I, and, and because I had read the book. And so then I was just like eager to discuss it with anyone. And I know the pressure that you can feel like as Jordan, that I, to feel like you have <laughs> to like have a certain opinion about it. If like someone's just waiting for you to finish, you know? And so I didn't yeah, want totally. you to feel like you had to like it because I liked it or like, if you hated it, like you would feel bad for me. Cause I could see, I, I can see both sides. Yeah. Well, and I appreciate that because there is, I mean, there is a lot of, I didn't feel that pressure, but I have, I'm very familiar with that pressure mm-hmm. on both sides, you yeah. know, cause it is kind of scary to recommend something for starters or whatever. Um, but I think something, I think that, having the podcast has been good actually because it's like kind of like we have an outlet to like force ourselves to think about specifically why we liked something or what or like pick it apart where it's like I liked this I didn't love this mm-hmm. it's like we kind of have to like formulate that and like reactions into words mm-hmm. and so I think um that's just kind of like general statement about anything we watch for the the podcast kind of totally um so it's like i i try but i do try to go in like not ex- like hoping i feel one way or whatever just trying to like take it in as i take it in naturally mm-hmm. i guess yeah i like if that. that makes okay good if that i was gonna say if that makes any sense at all <laughs> but like i don't know well and i think it um nothing has to be 100 percent good or 100% bad I think the podcast helps us yeah say the good and say the bad and yeah because it's rare something's perfect and there have been things that have been definitely just bad that we didn't like a lot about but there's usually a couple things we still like 100% on that note what is it that you didn't like for me, I felt like the pacing was pretty uneven. Like, I feel like the show's very clearly ha- is split in two halves, where the first half, it was, like, zipping along. I was, like, eating it all up so fast, and I was really enjoying it. I, re- I, I will say there are some things that maybe were too sped up at the beginning. I would have liked to see more drawn out. For example, Nick and... Francis's like relationship developing was really really quick but it made the episodes fly by and so then the second half of the show the pacing to me felt really really like suddenly a lot slower Mm -hmm. and and so I was like even though there were still a lot of interesting things happening I would never say I wasn't bored watching it but I could kind of feel things like dragging out longer and I I don't know if um I would have minded so much if the first half hadn't gone so quick, but so I was kind of like accustomed to feeling like, Oh, the episode's already over. And then the last few, I was like, 
hmm, this is a long episode, but they were like all the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would say a lot of it was pacing related. Yeah, I think that makes sense. A lot of mine were mostly just like comparisons to the book, which blah, boring, mm. but makes sense. Um, no, I'm interested in hearing that because because I didn't I didn't read this book. I don't know if I said that, but I didn't read this book. Yeah, like along with yours, the like uh the development of their initial relationship, I felt like was really sped up in the book. There's a lot more back and forth like via email between the two of them, and like I just don't think that the show really um showed their emotional connection as well as it did in the book. Mhm. Which intrigues me be- about the book because, sorry to cut you off, I I did feel genuine chemistry between Joe Alwyn and Allison Oliver, um, especially because at the beginning, um, I just thought that, I thought Frances was such a relatable character, and I, I really think that she was good at conveying kind of, like, the discomfort of social situations when, like, you do have stuff to say, but you're just kind of, like, not finding an opening or, like, you just kind of don't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I always kind of could feel that kind of, like, personal tension in her acting. I agree. Totally. I felt like her portrayal was actually very well done. Another TikTok that I screenshot because I was like, oh, I need to talk about this on the podcast is... um where because a lot of people are saying that like Francis is like really is too awkward and like insufferable and boring but this girl is like um here I am loving how their mannerisms are portrayed on the tv show because it's so deeply relatable like their awkward interactions make me feel seen I love seeing it all play out on screen and unfortunately I'm exactly like Nick and Francis thank you Sally Rooney for the boring people representation it means a lot Which I totally agreed with, and I thought it was really interesting because it's true. Like, they're pretty boring, but also I did feel like they're, uh, like, Francis is like really witty, and especially around Nick, and I felt like that could have been portrayed a little bit better. I feel like it came out every once in a while, but it was like mm-hmm. not as often, so it actually kind of came out a little, felt weird when it did come out in the TV show. Um, and there's one part, well, one other thing about them, like there's, I felt, um, like I wouldn't necessarily say they were boring and I think it's really rude of people to say that (laughs) those characters were boring because I was like, I, I don't know. I just, there were so many things where it's like sometimes in comparison to the other people in the room, maybe you come across as boring, but like actually like she had like she wrote that whole the whole performance that she and Bobby do which is like very interesting and uh, like assertive and stuff you know so it's like she has it in there it's It's just like not everyone can can be that personality at all times yes like just because you're the loudest doesn't make you the least boring wait yes 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 and just in the the reverse is just because you're the quietest doesn't make you the most boring exactly yeah that's probably um easier to understand (laughs) (laughs) well they're both they're both true they're both like the same thing um because one other part that i just thought was so it felt so natural was um it's like she at this point i think she and nick had have started hooking up 
and but it's early on but like they have enough of a connection that like they've both been honest with each other because partly what opens the door is that they both kind of admit like i'm not very good in these social situations you know Mm -hmm. and so it's like they connect and then um it's when she's like leaving his house and he's like oh i thought you were attracted to my personality and she's like oh i didn't know you had one (laughs) and he's like really hurt by that and she's kind of like regrets that she said it even though Mm -hmm. it's really funny Mm -hmm. and i was like wow yeah that just sucks so bad when you like make a joke and then it turns out that it was kind of the wrong thing to say in that moment. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, but that it was, was like too harsh. Yeah, it was just like I felt like it was very because that's like a normal thing someone would say that could offend someone, and it just becomes like suddenly awkward, and all the fun left the situation, and you're like, okay, well, bye. <laughs> that was like actually one of my favorite moments of the show. I was like, wow, that's that was- really funny. Yeah, that's why I wish there was a little bit more of that because I thought it was really fun to see those little scenarios uh, that showed her personality a little bit more. Yeah. My last two complaints are (laughs) they're texting. I was just like a little bit shook because they're two English majors and they were so inconsistent with like their capitalization and punctuation. That was driving me nuts. Okay, I'm so glad because I'm not even an English major and I am very inconsistent with my capitalization and punctuation, but not for two English majors, sorry. Well, and I was also like, this takes effort to capitalize some things and lowercase other things. Yes. Because like, you're a lowercase girly. Yes, I had I'm an to uppercase because, girly. because my autocorrect kept capitalizing every single letter of people's names anytime I wrote it, and it was driving me insane. So I had I to like become that. a lowercase girly. It's not well, for the aesthetic at all. Your origin story. It's for my anger management issues. <laughs> that is so... We have literally never talked about that. That is so funny. I know it's like... I like that, that it... Like, I'm like, do I need to, like, make an announcement to people that I'm, like, becoming a lowercase girly because of that reason? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That is so funny. Like, you have to come out as lowercase girly. (laughs) Set my Facebook status. Oh, my gosh. Well, clearly the people want to know. I guess so. That is so that is so funny because I like the auto capitalization and it really bothers me if I have typed a name that is lower, like, accidentally lowercase one time and so then it like never capitalizes it again i'm like wow that person's feeling this must be hurt because their name is lowercase (laughs) and everyone else's is uppercase um that's really funny that's so funny but that but i was like is this like i don't know were they using whatsapp because i don't know whatsapp and so i was like maybe that is how they roll where sometimes the last letter the last word in a sentence is has a capital letter but the first word doesn't like it really was annoying it was i'm glad we both noticed that i did see something online where someone appreciated though that instead of showing someone texting and then having like the text on the side like a little added in post like a little graphic of a text typing they were like i liked actually seeing their screens and being able to read it well and, and that was interesting actually felt like really well done like i don't even know if that's like what an android looks like or anything but if it was made up for the show it looked really good like i it was believable mm-hmm. which is very rare i'm very picky about what my screens on my tv shows look like yes <laughs> the screens were like 
the fifth character of the, <laughs> of the cast. Yes, they were. Um, my last complaint is just that I felt like Bobby's character was a little bit meaner than she is in the book. She was very one note of like the epitome of like selfish friend. Yes. Which I feel like they try to change the story on that in the end. But because you're pretty set on her being the selfish friend, it's kind of a little hard to believe. And you're kind of, it's kind of hard to root for her in the end because her character is so mean in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I totally agree with that. And I can see how if her character was um, more well-rounded and I got to see more good traits of Bobby, mm-hmm. then I would have felt pretty differently towards the end for sure. Totally. Overall, like what did you get from the show? Um, well here, I feel like, um, what I thought I was getting kind of changed at the way that it ended. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like I, I was thinking that I was watching this young girl who's like about to graduate college and like, she's been basically inseparable for like forever, like her whole early adulthood, um, with this one friend who like even I mean there's even a line in the show I think where she's like I envision you at the center of my world Mm -hmm. which to me I was like uh red flag (laughs) (laughs) but whatever but um and so I'm seeing her and then she like finds this married guy and but they have like this undeniable connection and all this stuff but I was kind of thought I was watching a show about this young girl who's kind of like having all these relationship experiences and it's really like, but the real core of it is like coming of age, someone who finally like achieves kind of independence and kind of gets away from like basically like everything that everything she's like finally makes choices for herself rather than kind of being manipulated by everyone around her. Mm hmm. And I don't really then. So I was kind of surprised at the way that it ended. I didn't, I actually didn't feel like that was the conclusion anymore. Interesting. Yeah. Like you were expecting her in the end to just like choose herself type of thing. Yeah. Which I, but I guess the thing is that it's like, not every story can be that. Yeah. Either. Mm -hmm. And I guess I, that, I guess it kind of just kind of had colored how I viewed the relationships in the show. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, when actually they were more the core of the story than I had expected. Yeah, that makes sense. I was surprised because I actually felt like I got a lot more out of the show than I did the book. Because I think when I first read the book, oh. I was just like, oh, this is like a sexy, fun idea kind of book that I was just like, I read fun? really fast. <laughs> fun is a term I'm using loosely. It was just like the first Honestly, like, this is the first book that got me back into, like, reading. Like, I, Mm. it was a book where I, like, stayed up really late reading it for, like, nights on end and, like, read it really fast and was like, oh, wait, I understand the joys of reading. And, um. Wow, that's beautiful. So beautiful. It is. I know, but it's true. And so, like, I'm being sincere. (laughs) I know you are. I'm not teasing I you. Know you are. <laughs> um, and so 
I don't think I really got anything out of it other than, wow, reading is fun when I first read it. <laughs> and so, that's so funny because that's like so close to being a Taylor Swift lyric. <laughs> we haven't even mentioned Taylor Swift this entire time. That's actually amazing that is and shocking. Amazing, especially because we have a perfect tie-in. Um, yes. Yeah. Reading is fun. Spelling is fun. It's Words are fun. Former Taylor Swift lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but watching this show, it, I don't know if it was just like the time and place of my life right now, but like it actually handled with like a lot of concepts that I've been like thinking about a lot recently, which is like, these are my notes that I have written down, but like society's expectations of like what family relationships look like is something I've been thinking about a lot recently. And I feel like it handles that and talks about that, um, kind of a lot. Also, something that I felt like it did a really good job of and hit me pretty hard was, like, rarely are people actually trying to hurt you. Um, They're actually not thinking about you at all, which in in and of itself is hurtful, I think. But for (laughs) a lot of the time, you think, like, oh, that person did this to be mean to me, where it's, like, actually, no, they did that because that's what they wanted to do and we're only thinking about themselves, which is, like, a concept I've thought a lot about recently and thought it was portrayed really well as well especially in relation to like Francis being like offended about like Melissa and her relationship with her husband and like (laughs) how she felt like it was like a personal attack on her but it really wasn't at all but so she just kind of had to like reframe her thinking which I just found really interesting sorry that was really long-winded but ideas I've been thinking Mm -hmm. about a lot I like it. Well, and I feel like, I mean, just like communication in general. Yes. Where it's, it is interesting that you like start, you have this pair that talk about very openly how they're not very expressive and they aren't instinctively great communicators. Mm -hmm. They say like self-described. And then like, even though that like that's very vulnerable thing to really say to Mm -hmm. someone, but then they still run into problems where it's like, even though they kind of established that, like they continue to majorly have communication errors. Yes. It's very, very interesting. mm -hmm. And it's also interesting too, because then you have the, like the other two characters, Bobby and Melissa, who like, like there are such a thing as like, I mean, over communicators is the wrong word, but like there's problems in their relationships with these under communicators too, because they kind of just speak for them and often incorrectly. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like you have to really listen. Like, um, I don't know. That's just, I think that's a really interesting concept too. Totally. Like, and I think another aspect of that is like, we never really fully see kind of what is the aftermath of Bobby and Melissa's relationship kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Totally expected that to go way further. Too. Yeah. Like, I was surprised that that just was like a nothing. But that thing. Uh, to me, I kind of read that as like misunderstanding, like oh, the over communication being a sign of romantic interest like someone is being like mm. vulnerable and trusting with you and like telling you these things and you read that as they're interested in me. So I'm going to kiss them or be interested in them kind of thing. And so that's another interesting thought. 
yeah hmm i hadn't really thought about that but that's so accurate a lot of oh go ahead psychology so much psychology i have a note in my phone of would there be any good tv if everyone knew how to communicate effectively (laughs) no there wouldn't it would just be like a story it would start it'd be like conflict resolution the tv show (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah yeah it's very much like every show about relationships is like a how-to guide of like what not to do exactly I feel like, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I don't know. I think people are being too critical. Yeah, we have our critiques too, but there's just so many good things. Like, just like when Francis like does not want to go on that trip and you just feel like, I felt like my stomach was in knots for her Mm -hmm. and just like, kind of like, just kind of being stuck doing this thing that you just don't want to do at all Mm -hmm. and it's just so awkward. I Another part that really sticks out that I loved was when Nick's like, oh, is this awkward for you? And she's like, extremely. <laughs> I loved that. I was laughing. I loved it. <sighs> it was so funny. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the only like bad critiques I've really seen of it have been from people who are like, they've read the book 50 times and they're like obsessed with the book. I'm sure there mm-hmm. are like other reviews out there that are like, critiquing it negatively but yeah I thought it was good and an interesting story that we haven't really seen portrayed on tv before and Mm -hmm. I feel like for the most part everybody's performances were well done yeah I think so too it doesn't need to always be compared to normal people it's hard not to when it's like kind of thematically similarities same author you know like it's hard not to in Dublin like um, yes and i think it is, is even like the same director too oh that's right so it's like how can we not really kind of yeah. compare them next to each other because while i maybe think that normal people um like i would maybe say like normal people is an a um conversation with friends is like maybe an a minus or something like mm-hmm. i think maybe the whole package of the show normal people is maybe slightly um better just slightly though like I think maybe the story overall and I think the pacing for example that was like my biggest thing with this show but I think that Francis the character was like so much more relatable to me personally than any of the characters in normal people because I think they're dealing more with extremes in normal people versus conversation with friends was kind of like ironically maybe like kind of more like kind of middle of the road normal quote-unquote personalities Mm -hmm. if that makes sense um and so for me that kind of grabbed me immediately was that was like wow I really kind of really I think that I don't think I'm nearly as introverted as Frances but they're just the way she kind of thought through social situations and like whatever things were going on I was like wow I I, there's so much of of her that I relate to yeah I completely agree I related to her like right off the bat and like again another note I have on my phone is like I didn't realize that when I read this story that I liked it so much because I related to Francis like I didn't realize that until watching it played out which mm-hmm. and then listening to normal people I was like yeah I don't know anyone that I could even relate to Marianne she's just like a very specific kind of character that mm-hmm. I don't know a lot of people like that I'm trying to remember, I mean, now it's been kind of a while since Normal People first came out. 
I feel like Marianne is almost like has a lot of Bobby in her because she's like pretty abrasive at times and like mm-hmm. blunt. And so it's really interesting to kind of have those um, in this Bobby's like this a side character compared to Francis. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, I don't really relate to that personality much at all. Mm-hmm. And so that was for sure something that I liked and was it was very accessible about this. Agreed. I would agree with you on the letter ranking, giving normal people an A and conversation with friends an A minus. I feel good about that. Oh, good. Um, the question is, do you think you would go back and read the book? Um, I think I would. I think I just wouldn't want to read it immediately after watching the show. Yeah, that's I good. think I would want to give it some time. Um, but I do want to see more situations play out. And I am really intrigued by um, having more sympathy for Bobby's character. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I'm intrigued by that. I, I'll read it. I've actually never read a Sally Rooney book, so. Well, report back here on this podcast, please. Done. Crush of the week. Who's it going to be? I mean, well, you should go first because are you picking a different crush this week or are you? I'm still having the same crush. You you pick first. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I'm still picking two. I guess I'll go with the easiest I was looking at all the shows I've watched this week. For some reason, I was like, I think it's maybe just because we already discussed Joe as a crush, but I'll give it to Joe. I was impressed with his work. I'm annoyed at people if they're being like weirdly hypercritical of him. Like, is it literally just because he's Taylor Swift's boyfriend mm-hmm. and he's not, he's in stuff and he's in good stuff and he was good in this and... Like, I swear, I don't remember him being this hot. It's new. It is. It's new. And I just applaud Taylor Swift for snatching him up a while ago. And he was, he's hotter now than I think ever. And so I just, kudos to her because she has a really hot boyfriend. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I just hit up left. But yeah, I agree. (laughs) Wow, cool. (laughs) My crush of the week, mm, I'm kind of struggling because every th- I've watched so many random things and none of them are like, a lot of them feel like I can't say that person. I don't know why. Like, Wow, I can't wait to hear these the, the ones you can't say <laughs> off the record. <laughs> Only for your ears. But I want to talk about this and I don't know if I'll ever... Maybe I'll get to you at some point, but it just like was such a jarring situation for myself to be in that I have to talk about it. And (laughs) it's Alexander Skarsgård because I went and saw The Northman by myself over the weekend, (laughs) which if you don't know, Alexander Skarsgård is like playing like a very interesting character that is like. Are they like Vikings? Oh, yeah, they're Vikings. Yeah, he plays a Viking. And he's just like very dirty and like not really not hot at all. And then I immediately got home from watching that. And then he was he appeared in the finale of Atlanta. And it was, whoa, the most jarring thing I've ever witnessed and, like, I didn't even know that he was going to be in that episode of Atlanta, but he plays himself, but, like, a comedic version of himself. And I'm just like, wow, this guy's IMDb page is, like, blowing up this year for, like, the most random things. 
it's just very interesting that is so interesting in like he's just like game for anything yes from what it seems to me you yes know? i like and remembering him on like succession mm-hmm. yeah like mm. his succession character is very very wild and i saw mm-hmm. an article that was talking about how like donald called alexander skarsgård up to be this on the show and he was like game for anything and totally played it exactly how they wanted him to and like it's he's kind of a weird character but he was like totally fine using his real name attached to it which i thought was really funny and cool of him and i'm just very Mm -hmm. intrigued what he's like in real life because he's kind of like a jake um gyllenhaal character where like none of his characters and shows are actually i'd never swoon over them and like i'm like attracted to him their characters mm-hmm. are usually bad people or creepy and yeah like they like to play people that are not hot at all yes like they like to play against what they actually look like yes so i'm just which is like intrigued. a prince charming type yes <laughs> i get that so that's so funny and honestly for donald glover to sing that high of praises that says a lot says a lot I agree. He's a particular, he has, he's picky. He is picky. <laughs> About his art. Yes. Like I know him. <laughs> From what we've read online. I feel like that's accurate can, though. Yeah. yeah. He's a, he's just very intense. And it sounds like Alexander Skarsgård's also very intense. And so it's kind of a good match. Yeah. I agree. For stuff. Wow. Interesting and shocking choice. But I love it. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to bring it up on this podcast because I've just been dying to really talk about it because <laughs> no one has really seen both things. So it's like I had to. I had to get it out off my chest. It was very jarring. Do not recommend. Well, it's great. Do you recommend both <laughs> things? <laughs> it's great to have an outlet where we can express these thoughts. It's true. We're blessed. Of hot, famous men. <laughs> To have conversations with each other about TV. Wow. Conversations with friends about conversations with friends. So deep. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.